0: I was gonna rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal, most vicious, and most ruthless champion that's ever been. Yeah, yeah, we knew I was the A side. he's a dosser. Dosser. that's all he is. Yeah, a bunch of All right, we well, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. This is round eight of the Cornermen. My name's Kishan
1: my name's Hussein.
0: And we are laughing because we started this podcast. We got about what ten minutes in, and uh, we realized. Yeah, so that... it's
1: it's actually like round eight and a half because we should have been fully fledged into the round, but I wasn't recording, so missed out.
0: Yeah, so we had our little small talk, and now we've got to have our small talk again, just for the for the fans, <laughs> for the fans. What did we say? So we talk Why do we call
1: ourselves the corner men,
0: Kish? That was question one. <laughs> the, the reason we call ourselves the corner men... Oh, no, no, no. I mentioned that... Um, you mentioned if anybody. Night. No, no, no. If anybody ever comes and says they are the corner men, right? They're fake news because we are the only corner men in the industry. And the reason we call ourselves the corner men is because we're too afraid to get in the ring. We are um, basically... Uh, um, we can talk the talk, but we can't box the box, basically.
1: That's the one. But let's not say we're too afraid to get in the ring. I think we're too wise to get in the ring. We've got too much insight. That's true. Boxing, prowess, knowledge, to to waste it being getting our heads battered, do you know what I mean? We're here to coach the world on boxing rather than <laughs> go in there and take all the glory. We're martyrs of the sport really.
0: Basically yeah and then we talked about um the snow (laughs) (laughs) we
1: talked about the snow and how you could try and make a punching bag
0: out of snow we could try and make a punching bag out of snow and the fact that i hate the snow and didn't go out but my instagram feed was full of snow which was a bit weird um because it's just a bit of snow but i guess we're in lockdown any bit of change in the weather is instagram worthy so it was good to see a bit of snow i guess
1: yeah, and then we talked about, we briefly mentioned Stephen Fulton, 26-year-old, who won the WBO Bantamweight fight, which I told you to watch if you haven't watched it, but you probably won't watch it, Kish. Getting past <laughs> your bedtime soon.
0: Yeah, exactly. If it's too late, then uh, no. But yeah, there's there's drips of boxing, isn't there? There's like abouts here and there. There's a, actually, I forgot to mention in, our, in, in round eight, um, point zero, <laughs> that... Um, Calib Plant versus Truax is next week, so we should maybe Ooh. briefly talk about that um, because obviously like, it's an I important like fight. Yeah, he's like uh, he's 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 like an American Billy Joe a little bit, like the way he fights. I think um, he's a bit quite. Yeah, he's slick. He hasn't mentality. got that
1: that. Yeah, that knockout power isn't there, but he's got a little bit of personality about him. He's not like an elite fighter I think but he's a good opponent
0: yeah it'll That's be interesting to see because it's it's an important fight because obviously if Truax wins then he's like now one of the title holders and could be up against Canelo so it be interesting to see how he does that. I'm sure he'll get through him I don't know much about Truax but you know this guy uh, Kali Plant. I think he's a mandatory defence anyway so he should get through
1: Truax sounds like a pharmaceutical
0: <laughs> and we also I was talked say, about like a condom. <laughs> <laughs> um we also talked about um UFC, mcgregor connor McGregor. mcgregor so i was saying yeah
1: i know you don't uh, like talking about ufc
0: yeah so we don't we like do talking like... about ufc but one point i wanted to make was how can mcgregor have five losses on his career and still be considered one of the best in the division, one of the best in UFC. Oh, he's only had this one loss, he can come back. Uh yeah, he's got the desire, and if he's got the desire in him, he can come back. Whereas in boxing, five losses like that, you're kind of down back at your, you know, domestic level, basically. So that was I was a That's bit annoyed true. about
1: that. You were a bit annoyed, but I said that Connor deserves a little bit of leeway because he's been carrying the sport. He's the spark for the sport Uh, but also a lot of his fights have been kind of outside his immediate weight division that he fought the other day as well so uh, some of them were for pure entertainment rather than actual belts which we need to see boxers do a bit more they need to ignore the belt sometimes and fight because the fans want to see it Um, yeah Conor deserves it because he carries the sport but yeah he is becoming a meme uh, with his knockouts and he is becoming a little bit of a part-time fighter. So I think we'll see a bit of decline. Or we're going to see him focus on boxing. Like the other night, he lost his fight because all he did was want to box. He's come out and said he wants to box. The WBO have said they'll allow him to box and fight for a title. I think he's uh, he's coming for our Corny Awards this year, mate. I think he wants to get involved in the boxing side of things.
0: Well, yeah, if he, he was going to... F- I think he was before, you know, Ryan Garcia said that he wanted to fight Manny Pacquiao. He was going to fight Pacquiao, wasn't he, for the world title. So he could have been up for a corny. But, um, yeah, I was playing devil's advocate a little bit there. I think it's it's fine for fighters to lose and then still be considered top because boxing needs that as well, right? Um, in boxing, there's so many, a big pool of fighters that if you lose, there's somebody there waiting to take your spot. Whereas in UFC, there's probably less fighters to sort of step up. But, um, yeah, we want, we want the boxing, like, we want fighters in the lightweight division, for example, to all fight each other. It doesn't matter if they take the loss. It's all about the fights for us. So, you know, people shouldn't be, boxers shouldn't be afraid of the L. Even though the Floyd Mayweather era of fighters, like they're now, they're all sort of trying to chase that um, undefeated sort of moniker. But, it's not realistic like to have an undefeated fighter it's just and you're probably going to be a boring fighter if you're undefeated not to say for was boring but you know, you need I think you need a loss for the story anyway don't you how you come back yeah from and I think
1: and all that. A- a- AJ's a, a good example of it I think he needed that loss to propel his career um I think it's done him a world a good yeah I agree I think trying to go undefeated i can imagine it though if i was undefeated i wouldn't want to lose do you know what i mean and i'd want to end my career that way but it's very hard to go undefeated in in the modern age and and rightly so like an l shouldn't define define your career and we've said countless times that boxing needs to adopt a little bit of a ufc model where people fight people they don't just protect their alphabet belt that they have like a monopoly over
0: so, yeah. yeah man i, I take l's on. every day every day i take a few l's like this this morning i tripped down the stairs that was a big l i'm like you know and i came back back from it exactly it set me up for the day you know when i came down the stairs next time i was fine you know
1: that's it boxers need to adopt the kish bedtime ball head mentality if you fall down the stairs just get back up fight again
0: get back up and walk down them stairs you yeah, know you just got to be a little bit more careful next time
1: um, I myself though I am undefeated I don't take any L's during the day at all
0: <laughs> I take too many L's I think yeah and you probably need to stop falling down the stairs <laughs> I think so um, yeah. I think so so right, should we let's, on? let's yeah let's stop retreading small talk that we've already had now so uh, <laughs> um that's the
1: worst type of small talk small talk <laughs> about small talk you're ready, small talk. <laughs> yeah
0: So we're going to talk about, um, today's episode is going to be focused on Britain, Great Britain, the United Kingdom, the top 10 pound for pound British fighters um, that we've agreed on. I'm going to go from one to 10 and talk a little bit about each one because we think boxing has, um, British boxing has come a long way and there's some great fighters in in Britain now, challenging for world titles. Yeah,
1: and what I mentioned in the last episode is that there's been a lot of investment into grassroots boxing after the Olympics and you can see the uh, dividends that it's paid because we've got some really good fighters who are kind of almost breaking into that elite global stage um, and we'll talk about them and and what they need to do to break in shining a spotlight on the British fighters because no one else does
0: yeah exactly so um, we'll go from top to bottom um, the first uh, number one on our list is Josh Taylor, the Tartan Tornado, hailing from Scotland. Uh, he is the WBA and IBF world super lightweight title holder. Um, so the reason, the primary reason I've put him, uh, or we've put him as number one, is because he is probably the most accomplished British fighter. He is stylistically one of the best and he holds two world titles currently. And we know obviously there are other fighters, namely Anthony Joshua, that holds world titles as well. But I think Josh Taylor's a little bit more accomplished. He's been in, um, at that weight level anyway, some big fights. Um, so I think he deserves the top spot here. He's generally regarded as probably the best British pound for pound fighter anyway, in, in most. Um, sort of publications. So this is nothing controversial here, but he's he's our number one. Um, yeah, his record's
1: really good as well. Seventeen wins, thirteen knockouts, something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um,
1: he's and as a purist, he's he's pretty much the complete boxer. Like he can counter punch, he can fire distance. He's he's a textbook boxer. A little bit like how we describe um, Teofimo Lopez, to be honest.
0: Yeah, he's a southpaw as well, which makes him exciting. And I was saying again in, in round 8.0 that um, he's just got everything in his arsenal. He's got this great left hook, and it's that's obviously great for a southpaw to have a great left hook. Um, he can fight long range, he can fight short range. He's great on the inside, and he knows how to mix it up on the inside as well. And he's just relentless. Uh, and I was saying that he is, if there's one word to describe him, he's re- relentless. If nobody's watched the Regis gray fight, um, which he won one of those world titles in, um, go watch that back because it was like fight of the year for 2019. And it was just a great boxing display, 50-50 fight, which he came out on top of. Um, yeah, he's just a, one of the one of the best fighters we have and definitely one of the best in that division.
1: Yeah, that fight was at the uh, O2. It was quite an electric bit of atmosphere that night. Um, so, who's his promoter?
0: Um, Eddie Han. And who's he fighting next? So... So he um, so this is the thing he wants to fight Jose Ramirez. So he is the he Jose Ramirez holds the other two titles in the weight division, and so he wants to unify the division, and that's really close to happening. I think there's no obstacles in the way, so that will probably happen this year. And I think what the plan is, and and you'll be interested in this, uh, being Hollywood, is he is hoping to obviously unify the division and then wait for Tiafimo to come up from lightweight to super lightweight so that there can be this big, huge, undisputed championship fight between Josh Taylor and Teofimo.
1: Oh, I can see the marketing already, man.
0: Yeah. It all depends on Teofimo, whether he stays at lightweight. There's lots of talk about him coming up. He's even mentioned the the Josh Taylor fight. He's even said, I'll wait for him to fight Ramirez and then I'll go up and fight Taylor. So that could be really interesting. Yeah, That could be huge.
1: It's a bit of a shame that Josh Taylor though doesn't get any marketing because I I guarantee you not many people know about him but he's our number one. Why do you think not many people know about him? Again he's I not think for personality down... though is he? he's a true he's a true boxer isn't
0: he? Yeah he is I think he's a proper boxer he's he's you know he's been boxing from a young age I think it's just the personality and the he's yeah, you have to have something an edge about you in boxing. You have to have a bit of a story as well. And that's why probably he's not as marketable as a you know, as a Tyson Fury, you know, or as a um Diddy and White. I know they're heavyweights, but even people like Billy Joe Saunders, he's quite marketable. He's got that sort of bad boy image and whatever, but Josh Taylor's a bit too too prim and proper, I think, for
1: that's it prim and proper in the boxing sense right like he's a textbook boxer he's unbelievable in his talent could go uh end his career with multiple divisional titles could even go undefeated but again it's because he, he gets his head down and he works and works for this he but he doesn't talk any talk or he doesn't have anything extra to his personality like even his haircut's a bit boring do you know what i mean and i think that's <laughs> why he he's not given the spotlight but we're doing the world a service by giving him a spotlight in our division.
0: He's our number one. He carries a belt. He's number one. Exactly. Uh, number two is Tyson Fury. I don't think really need to give much explanation as to why and what Tyson Fury is about. I think most people know about him, but I think he t- he go from from a heavyweight standpoint. I think he goes above Joshua because of the fact that he's a two weight world champion. Uh, sorry, two time world champion even. And um yeah, and his his recent performances against Wilder just just cement his uh his status there.
1: Yeah, he's he's got everything uh unlike Josh Taylor, unfortunately. Like he's got the the textbook boxing The way he moves as a heavyweight is absolutely ridiculous, but he's also got the personality, the mouth. He's active on Twitter and he's not got a PR person managing his Twitter and his social media. It's him. When he's doing interviews and anything of the sort, like, you know, people want to see him. And and boxing's an individual sport, right? People want to get to know the people. Um, And and Fury typifies what it needs to be a, a success in this sport. And also, He's also the lineal heavyweight champ, and I know uh, people like Joshua don't care about that as much, but that carries a lot of weight, right? To me, that's don't boxing it, heritage. Does Come, it really
0: right? carry a lot of weight it, in I the heavyweight
1: know. division? In the heavyweight division, if you go through the lineal um, champ heavyweight champions, that list is is mad. Like that's it that's the air shaky. in which Tyson Fury is around. It's gonna it's gonna wittle out after after Fury. I don't think anyone's gonna give a shit about the lineal heavyweight division. But come on, man, that's boxing heritage.
0: Yeah. So for those who passing don't know, of the linea- torch. Yeah, the the lineal title is given to the man that beat the man, and then you follow it down from there. So from the first world champion ever in nineteen oh two, whenever it was, well, however, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, when there was the first world champion who beat him then who beat him and then who beat him so and so and so forth and apparently Tyson Fury holds that lineal world title I'm not too sure about how much I believe in that but you know, he, he claims it so yeah
1: he's under the right. same air as Muhammad Ali mate yeah <laughs> respect well, boxing yes. heritage the... alright number three the next the man himself, yeah, yeah, the next man AJ. On this
0: could be that guy, AJ. Could be that guy uh, again. Could be need that
1: really guy. Much. Yeah, it doesn't
0: really need much talk no. about, does it? He is the next guy. Yeah.
1: Sounds like you don't really want to say much more about AJ here, mate. Your energy's gone. <laughs> oh, what
0: do we want to say? See? Really, see, it's mean, what he's Fury got, does the for you, world mate. Titles, he's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, he's the he's the second top heavyweight, and he's he's. I think he's the only one um, in this division that has three world titles. So he's clearly up there in the British pound for pound. You can't talk about British boxing do- without talking about Anthony Joshua.
1: Why don't you like him, Kish? Just tell me why don't you like him?
0: I do, there's nothing I do I do like him. I think he's <laughs> he's great. No, nah, no, nah. No. Come on,
1: tell me what you don't like about. <laughs> well, look,
0: I think. There's something Come about on. his personality that grates on me a little bit. There is a little bit about the way he kind of, he comes across as he's being like this all-wise, all-knowing, like, you know, boxer, all about self-help and motivation when you know he's not really, I don't know, I, I don't really believe his on-screen personality. I think he's a great role model and whatever, but there's just not that. I don't know. There's something strange, especially what recently happened with Kubrat Pulev and what he was doing in the ring and what he was doing with Mayweather. It just all felt a little bit strange. He's changing <laughs> a little bit. He's just becoming a little bit... Um... I don't think he knows Weird. who he is. I don't think he knows who he is anymore. Whereas Fury has that, you know, he has that X factor. I just don't think Joshua does.
1: Yeah, and I think Fury is going to bring the worst out of uh, AJ. AJ is going to be the villain. In the in the battle we talk about, like some of his interviews, like after the Pulev fight, when he was like, "I don't want to talk," let let the promoter do the talking. It was a bit nasty, I think, and it goes against his, like you know, perfect man image. But I think I think Fury is gonna drag it out of him, and I agree with you. His personality, it's a bit, a bit all over the place at the moment. But I think mentally he's as well. Like you said, he doesn't know what he is, um, and he's trying to define himself as a fighter while still being judged by everyone in the boxing world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's I can't hard. Wait.
1: Fury's gonna Fury's gonna bring it out of him. The nasty side. The side we all wanna see. The Finchley Road man that grew up yeah. in the Council of States and did a bit of drugs. It's gonna come out.
0: Yeah. Did bit of, did he get do a bit of time as well? I don't know. But yeah, that that guy's probably did, gonna did, come did, out next.
1: That's what we wanna see. Alright? Dylan White is pure. He knows who he is. He wears his heart on his sleeve. I wanna see AJ do the same. I wanna see him swear. you know what I mean? I yeah. wanna see him yeah, I want to see roadman AJ come out.
0: Um, so that's AJ number four on our list. Uh, another world champion is Josh Warrington. So, <laughs> Josh Warrington's a funny guy, like, he's he's under he's a world champion, so he's got the IBF world featherweight world, uh, world title, so he's um he's up there, he's got a world title, um, and he's definitely uh, you know, head and shoulders above a lot of other people in that division. The thing that's that's funny about Josh Warrington, he's he's a proper football hooligan type, you know, guy from He, he looks a bit racist, the, the doesn't he, let's be honest. He's <laughs> yeah. from
1: Leeds. He, he looks a bit racist. Yeah, he,
0: he, he does. He's just, like the typical uh, yeah. lad from Leeds, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: he's, he's, yeah, he look he looks a bit racist. He looks like he's part of a firm of football, like you said. But a great boxer, 30 years old, Um 30 wins, no losses. Is that right? I think it's yeah, right.
0: exactly. He's, uh, he's undefeated. Not many KOs,
1: not many KOs, but he's a very, very good boxer. Keeps his head down, boxes very well.
0: Well, the thing with him is he's not got one-punch knockout power or he's not, you know, you can't find a highlight reel that's great with Josh Warrington, but he gives exciting fights. He's really exciting. Like, you watch his fights. He's a bit like, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, Mickey Ward. Like he puts his, he gives his all in the in the ring, and he just he's again he's a little bit relentless, like Josh Taylor. Um, he's not got that power in the punches, but he's he can fight, and um, yeah, he's really exciting. Really like watching his fights. Yeah, I think with with Warrington, he's just looking for a big name now. Um, he he's beat Kid Galahad, who's who's on our list lower down, and Carl Frampton, who's lower down. Um, and he's just looking for a big name now. He's got one of the world titles. He needs another world title. He signed with Eddie Hearn. And Eddie Hearn, the reason why he moved from Frank Warren to Eddie Hearn was so that he could get a big fight. And he's just been given, like, a nobody. Maurizio Lara is his next fight. And he's he's some nobody. And he came specifically to get a big fight. And I know that, obviously, um COVID has played a part in the fights you can make. But... Yeah, I think Eddie Hearn could have done better there. There's Kanju, there's Gary Russell Jr. Gary Russell Jr. is another champion in the division that basically no one ever sees because he only fights once every 10 years. But for some reason, he still holds a world title. But he needs a big name to for him if he wants to really move up that pound-for-pound pound list. Um, but there's some fights out there that just need to get made.
1: I think there's a tough one as well, though. Featherweight, like, not many people want to see... Featherweight boxing, do you know what I mean? Hard, yeah, I mean it's a hard division to make a name in, to be honest.
0: Shakur Stevenson was a name, so he was a name that was uh, yeah. that was kind of floated. That like, could he fight him? But then obviously Shakur Stevenson went went up, and now he's in the, you know, he could go up again potentially and be in that lightweight yeah. mix. But that would be a good good name, Shakur Stevenson, if he fights him.
1: Yeah, it would be. He's up and coming. But again, he's got his eyes on lightweight. I think any chance of Josh going up in weight, do you think? Or has he not got the frame for it?
0: I don't know. He's like 30 years old now. So he might do because, you know, as you get a little bit older, like as Carl, Fr- Carl Frampton has done, as you get a bit older, you put on a little bit more weight. So he might go up and have a few more fights in a high weight division. But yeah, he just needs a name on his CV that can really, you know, well, world recognised name on your CV or, or another world title fair enough um, number, number five. five on the list is Big i S B J S I'm a big fan of Billy Joe, Joe. Um, I like him a bit controversial can, yeah. I like him as well I also. really like him
1: he's not your knockout artist yeah. but he's a bit of, he's a slick boxer he knows what he's doing very good amateur background Uh, and he can talk the talk and he's become a meme right and when you've become a boxing meme or a meme anyway you've made it really
0: yeah and he's he's a he's a world title holder holds the wbo i think middleweight world title probably gonna fight canelo soon so if you're if you fight canelo and you're not a mandatory that means you're probably you've probably got some skills so um yeah definitely up there number five smack bang in the middle he's got he's got the only problem with Billy Joe Saunders is he doesn't fight enough. You know, he's not got, you know, he's got like three big fights on his, in his career and they're all a few years apart. So he doesn't fight great opposition frequently enough. But, you know, that could change if he if he gives Canelo a, a good run for his money, then, you know, he might he might get he might be more marketable then and get some bigger names on his CV.
1: Or he could get absolutely destroyed by Canelo and then be forgotten.
0: Maybe, because it is boxing at the end of the day. If you get lost, you're you're pretty much back down the bottom.
1: <laughs> you disappear. You disappear from the rankings like all the superheroes did in uh, Avengers Endgame, mate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, number six on our list is Dillian White. Another heavyweight, my, three heavyweight. Uh,
1: my, guy, my guy from Brixton, trained with him a little bit, a few times. Great, great guy, honestly. Really nice guy. He uh, spent a lot of his youth a bit confused about what he, did, what he wanted to do, so he did a bit of kickboxing, uh, and then he went into a life of crime for a little bit, came back, put his head down, got the break against AJ, pushed on. I think he's really improved his boxing. Um and you could tell he's got better trainers, he trains for his fitness, he jabs more. Good boxer.
0: We love yeah, Dylan. We, we do love Dylan. I think he's got the personality as well, like you said. Um, he's not got a world title, and there are some... You know, he's number six on our list, and there are some others below him that have world titles, but... You know, he's been mandatory for the WBC for 3,000 years now, so... They, sh- arguably, they should give a
1: belt for being mandatory, you know that. They've got a belt for everything else. You might as well give people belts for being mandatory.
0: I th- They do. Don't they have, like, the interim world title holder or something? <laughs> they, yeah, so... The
1: supply teacher belt. Yeah,
0: yeah, so... Yeah. Number six, I think he's done... It, he's paid his dues He's fought some big fights. He's just not had the opportunity to fight some bigger fights, so... Yeah, deserves yeah I
1: hope he beats Povetkin. Um, I don't think he'll quite break into another like big title shot with Fury or, or Joshua or any of that sort. I think time is a bit against him because that will probably be a trilogy of some sort. Um, but yeah, I hope he beats Povetkin. I hope he fights someone like Wilder. Um, yeah, I just hope he, he gets a, a bit more nights where he main events and gets his name there i don't see him becoming a a big world title holder but he deserves a bit of glory because he's entertaining as well
0: yeah yeah definitely um number seven on our list is callum smith uh so he took an l recently against um (laughs) he fell
1: down the stairs
0: he fell down the stairs (laughs) yeah but um I mean, again, that's one loss against probably the pound for pound the greatest boxer of our era. And before that, before he went into fight Canelo, he was considered the best, one of the best super light middleweights out there. Sorry, super middleweights out there. So um, yeah, I think he still holds his spot on the list, number seven on our list. Um, he I don't know what's next for him though. You know, does he stay at super middle, fight some of the other guys there, or does he move up? But um, you know, ex-world title holder, he can he can come back strong, he can come back again, I think.
1: Yeah, I think this is a bit of a weird perspective, but I think some of his potential fights, which could be bigger, they might not want to fight him because he's hard to knock out. I think he will he will lose to some of the most elite fighters, but like if you're an Amer Khan, like, you've got a bit of a glass chin, you're willing to fight him because he makes you look good, do you know what I mean? You know you're gonna win the fight. You know you're gonna look good. I think people will avoid Smith just because he hasn't got that name to to give you all the money and the headlines. But he's also a difficult person to put away. So he might, like, you know, bring out your flaws a bit. Make don't make, not make you look that great. That's why I think he's not an appealing fighter for a lot of the Americans.
0: Because difficult. Yeah, and equally. Yeah, he's difficult. He's tall. He's reachy. You know he's, he's 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 great boxer, so he's um he's not an appealing uh, fighter like you said to, to, to put on your CV. So it might be difficult for him, but yeah, it's it's a strange spot because he's he's in super middle. He's taken an L to Canelo, and then if he goes up to like heavyweight, there's some beasts like we've already mentioned, the Batervievs and the Bivol. tough. Yeah, so Berbatov. <laughs> so can he can he mix it with those guys? Who knows? But until until then i think he 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 remains at number seven on our list
1: if i was him i would try light heavyweight because um there's enough entertaining fights there and he's he's big enough he's a good boxer he's got iq don't know if you can beat berbatov but there are a few guys up there who i think he can pip
0: and if it, if he does move up, he could fight like you know there could be some domestic clashes with the likes of Lyndon Arthur, Anthony Yard, Joshua Buwati, so there might be some good names to that could generate some money, you know, in, in that division if he does go up.
1: Right, number eight, the Jackal, Carl Frampton. Yeah.
0: Carl Frampton, he's uh, he's that guy. If you watched BT Sport, if you watched uh, Dubois versus Joyce. You would have heard him call out Dubois as being a quitter and then get roasted on um, <laughs> roasted on Twitter for, for, for mocking him. But yeah, he's no, he's now more of a pundit than he is a boxer, but he is sort of coming back to fight again, um, which we'll talk about in a moment. But he is a two-weight world champion. He is an MBE. He's got an MBE. Um, he's, yeah, he's... A, Brilliant fire. He's got, again, he's got that typical textbook style that works. He's a counter puncher. Um, well respected. Clean jabs. He's just like that clean cut British fighter that you and I are quite familiar with. Um, but he's just really good at it. He's just really good. Um, two division world champion. So he's not somebody to be messed with lightly. Um, he lost. He actually lost to um, Josh Warrington. So he's taken a loss to Josh Warrington, um, which is why Warrington's higher up on our list. But surprisingly, he's got a bigger fight than Warrington next. He's fighting Jamal Herring for the WBO yeah, I'm super feather really title. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. He's um, Jamal Herring's got a story about him as well. Everyone always, when everyone talks about Jamal Herring, they talk about the fact that he was a Marine. He was in the army. Yeah. He lost his daughter when he, you know, two-month-old daughter. He went to the Olympics. He's just got this story behind him, hasn't he?
1: He's Um, got the Hollywood story, man. That's what you need.
0: Yeah. So that should be a good fight. And um, the fact that that he's coming to
1: Ireland as well, um, I think that'll be a a good fight. Uh, And it shows how keen he is to get out there. Um, Because he could have been an arsehole and been like, no, come to the States. But he's a very interesting character. So there is a marketing potential there.
0: Yeah, and I might be wrong here, but if he does beat Jamal Herring, then he will be a three division world champion and super feather is a great spot to be in, right? It's a great division because you know somebody might come down from the lightweight and yeah, you can you might be able to mix it with some of those other guys. It's a shame because Warrington's beat him and he's now arguably a better fighter but Frampton gets a better fight in Jamal Herring so it's a bit of a shame really but yeah, that's how boxing goes sometimes
1: never know it might be a future British title belt clash between the two yet to come
0: yep so number nine on our list is Kid Galahad I've never known I don't know what his real name is uh, sorry um I, I, do, I do know what his real name is I just don't know why he's called kid Galahad um his name, name is Abdul Barry Awad um nice. it's just Barry Barry throws you in maybe there,
1: he? Uh, maybe it's a marketing mate having a fight called Abdul, you
0: never know might not be the fight <laughs> but kid Galahad on the other hand <laughs> exactly. um, the kid the kid Galahad yeah he's um again uh, f- world featherweight title holder ex-world title holder who was beat by Josh Warrington but you know he's at world level that's why he's on this list because he's at the world level he's fought for world titles and he's an ex-champ so deserves to be on here um, yeah there's not much more to say about well, him um, except um, I've, he's I've another fighting more... fighter
1: I've not watched much of him to be honest but like what's his fighting style because he's from Sheffield
0: he's got a bit of Arab in him is there a bit of Naz in him or nah there's a there's a little bit, but I think I don't know. I think there's he's a little bit less of a. He's more British in his fight style, I think, than Nas. Nas was way too orthodox, but um, yeah, he's not. He's not known for any sort. You know, he's not known to be um, flashy with his punches. He's quite orthodox in that sense. But um, again, it works. You know, this, this stuff works. It might not sell. It might not bring you sort of Tyson Fury-esque, get you off your seat, but it works.
1: Doesn't get you paid as Um, much, though, does
0: it? Yeah, and he's really
1: small. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with being 5'6".
0: There's nothing wrong, yeah, apart from the fact that it's really small and that you're really small as well.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I'm a cruiserweight.
0: So You're a five foot six, cruiserweight. <laughs> that, would well, make, that would I used to
1: be on a train, right? <laughs> Why do you think I used to get battered so much and get so many headaches, mate? You're quite giant. Uh, All
0: right, so, number ten. Yeah, number ten. We have got Luke Campbell again. We've covered him in his fight against Garcia, so we won't go into too much detail about him as a fighter. We know what he's about, but um, again, uh, X world title holder. Um, fights at the world level, beat got beaten by the better man against Garcia. But yeah, bottom of a, a good list of, of, of top puncher. ten.
1: Yeah, but out of that top ten, how many, when it's all said and done, do you think are going to be elite ish boxers?
0: I don't know. I think obviously Fury and Joshua. There's no doubt about it. I think the only other two, and they're all they're there in the top four is josh taylor and josh warrington they're just both really good fighters and they they've got an exciting style um whether the rest can sort of step up and remain you know working and be world recognized i'm not sure but you know, there's there's potential
1: but look you're in the top 10 cornermen, british pound for pound fighters list they are now in folklore so Carved in history, you
0: are right now. Exactly. Well
1: done.
0: We'll review the list next year, next January, 2022.
1: Yeah. And that's when we'll actually have a belt for it.
0: <laughs> so um there's some notable mentions, so I'll go through a few and then you can talk about a few that I might not have mentioned. So Lawrence O'Coli, he is cruiserweight. We've already again we've already talked about him. He is fighting for a world title next month or the month after. I think it's March actually. So he might bump up. He might push out Luke Campbell potentially if he can win a world title. Um, Liam Williams, smallest, light middle
1: smallest calves in boxing, Lawrence Curley. If you've not noticed, if you've
0: watched. yeah, have, it's because he's really top heavy as well. They're quite pronounced those <laughs> small calves. He just yeah, it
1: just it looks it looks very strange. But no, he's a
0: great boxer. Yeah, and we've got Liam Williams light middle again. Less less marketing around Liam Williams. But um, yep. again, a great light middleweight. Lyndon Arthur—he's actually recognised. Lyndon Arthur's actually recognised in the top ten by the Ring magazine for the light heavyweights, and that's why I've got him here as a notable mention because oh, yes. he's kind of broken through. Good on him. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I think he just needs a breakthrough. Money on maybe. the map. He does. Yeah. And then lower down on the list, we've got Chris Eubank Jr. and Cal Kaluafi. Um, Chris Eubank Jr I think he just needs a big name like Billy Joe Saunders he's looking for so he just needs a big name in his CV and see if he can um, see if he can you know mix it with the actual world title holders in that division
1: yeah he's got the swagger just uh, needs the boxing now doesn't
0: he yeah
1: right my list I think you've missed a few outs, so Daniel Dubois um, he did have his uh, kind of Off performance, I would say, because he underestimated Joe Joyce. Um, But with that sort of knockout power and that highlight reel, there's a boxer in there. He's got some good coaches from the Peacock Gym. I think he'll come back. I think he'll have a few more fights. Whether he breaks into the elite world level, not sure. But Dubai, he's still got a career ahead of him. Um, Same with Joyce, right? Um, Joyce, I think he's got a potential career, he's got a potential title fight with Usyk. Uh, he's a great jabber, goodish personality for the sport looks apart. I think he's one to watch this year. Uh, I've got Chamberlain as well. So another cruiserweight one that I trained with at Miguel's, uh, in Brixton. So shout out another local lad, smiling assassin. I think he's got quite, quite a lot of potential big year ahead, especially with that new weight division. What's it called again?
0: Yeah, I forgot a name. It's the in between cruiserweight and heavyweight, isn't it? Yeah. In between, I think it's literally yeah. something like in between a weight or something.
1: they talking it. It should be called the super cruiserweight. or the. Yeah. Anyways, um, Buatsi—he's gone off the radar a little bit, but he might have a bit of a comeback. Um, got Doherty as well, Kelly, a few more, few lesser-known names, but good boxers. From the north as well, um, Connor Ben, he's one that's not on the list. What do you think? What do you think he's going to do this year?
0: Yeah, uh, he's interesting. The reason he's not on the list is because he's nowhere near world level just yet. But um, yeah, he's a good, great prospect. I really like Connor Ben. I like what he's done. I like how he's improved. I like his personality. Did you see that um, interview he gave recently for Sam Vargas? So he's fighting Vargas um, next in February or March. But he gave him an interview where he was asked, "Have you got anything to say to Vargas?" And he like looked at the camera, like really like focused and gave him giving this deathly stare. And he called him out in Spanish. He kind of, he basically, <laughs> he said these things in Spanish like, "I'm going to kill you," and "I'm going to like get in the ring," and "We're going to have it on in Spanish." It was a little bit weird, but a little bit scary as well at the same time. <laughs> and I don't know whether no. I don't know whether he. Kind of rehearsed this, just that phrase or whatever he said in Spanish, or he actually yeah. knows Spanish. But yeah, yeah. he's 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 uh, becoming a bit of a meme himself. His
1: per- personality, right? And the reason I put him on the list because what I really, really want to happen is I want a fight between Connor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. and I want their dads in uh, in each corner replicating what happened uh, what 15, 20 years ago. Unbelievable fight between the two. Good bit of entertainment. That's, that's the reason I'll put him on the list, because I want that fight to happen.
0: Yeah, it would be amazing if that would happen, like, and in, in the next generation. Um, yeah, We've also got Campbell Hatton coming through. He's Ricky Hatton's son, so there's another sort of... I mean, he's young. He's too young. He's, he's making his debut, but that would be interesting as well, if he if he does well.
1: The legacy. The legacy. Would you let your kid go into boxing?
0: I don't know, like... Maybe like if it's if they if they want to, you know if they're interested in it like I am maybe but
1: yeah it's a tough know. sport though man it's a t- you gotta give up a lot
0: yeah it's, it's not a sport I mean you, if you're a heavyweight you can just get into it later on in your career like like the yeah, likes true. of uh, Anthony Joshua has done but and Deontay Wilder but. Yeah, if you, if you really want to make a name for yourself, you've got to start at like five, six years old. And whether you want to see your yeah, see your kid certainly. getting punched in the face at the age of six years old, I don't know, it's, it's difficult.
1: I don't know, I don't, don't think I can do it. Hopefully my kid just ends up being a footballer and lets me retire in 10 years. <laughs>
0: um, okay, right, so actually do the news? Yeah, that closes out our top 10. So we've got a bit of um, Hussein in the camp. He's been in the camp again. Bringing us the Look news. At you, mate. You're getting tired. It's, it's, it's just it was...
1: past nine o'clock. Your eyelids are getting heavy. Aren't <laughs> the, hor- the Horlicks is on. Slippers, nightgowns are ready for you.
0: Slippers are definitely on, but yeah. Right, let's
1: go for the news. Big one is Garcia Pacquiao, which is close to being done. And the corner men, and you, Bedtime Barwad, predicted or released this news last week. Everyone's getting excited about it now. Yeah, I think what do you it... have to say for yourself. <laughs> you called it first, mate. Well done. That's journalism, right there.
0: That is journalism. That is. I've been on Insta. It's all about Insta these days. Yeah, people talk about where your sources are from. My sources are the is the explore page on Insta. Right?
1: <laughs> Don't reveal your sources.
0: <laughs> rookie, but, um, baby, rookie. Yeah, he's a uh, he's. It's interesting because um, he was calling out Tank, obviously, after the fight. Interviews after the fight, he talking. He even had that um, moment with Mike Tyson, where he was uh, he got on the phone with Tank. But now all of a sudden he's got Pacquiao, so he's got he's got to he's got to um, he he's got to say something about that, you know. Um, but I don't know. They're different weight divisions. What they're going to do? He's welterweight, you know, or yeah, yeah. welterweight. And he's, Pacquiao he's going to go up? Exactly. Well, it would be Pacquiao coming down, right? I or... mean, down. Sorry. Yeah, so Pacquiao comes know, down, man. he goes
1: up. I don't know, I, I, I still rate Pacquiao as a boxer though, that's the thing. Like, he, he destroyed Keith Furman. I know he's been out of the game and he's been doing his politics and he's going to become the president of the Philippines sometime soon. But that's risky from Garcia, man.
0: He's, he's really risky because he's not like, he's not... I mean, to be honest, it's a little bit like AJ fighting Klitschko. Because at the time, Klitschko was still a force to be reckoned with, right? And he went down. Obviously, it could be a fight like that. It could be a coming-of-age fight for him. Um, it obviously make loads of but money. But it could also be a
1: a massacre for him. Like, if Pacquiao is, does Pacquiao stuff, he could just count on every one of his punches and turn his pretty face inside
0: out. Yeah, he knows. I mean, that's what you, that's what you got to admire about Garcia, though. He's taking the risks. Yeah, um, it's true. It's true. He's, he's I hope it's in the, the Philippines.
1: I hope it's like a big occasion over there. I think it'll be really entertaining.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it's soon. Hopefully, it's this year. Hopefully, it can happen. But yeah, interesting. Let's see. Let's see what how that all pans out.
1: But maybe maybe that's why though. Maybe the tank fight they want it to be like in front of fans. Because it's one of the top draw fights, so in the meantime, why not create a spectacle in other, in another way with Pacquiao?
0: Yeah. Maybe that's what he's doing.
1: Maybe he's clever. All right, we broke it first. That's the main news, not the actual um, <laughs> thing. So, uh, next on the news, Joyce 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 Usyk is probably going to happen. I think that's a, a very interesting fight.
0: Yeah, we uh, we we talked about this. On, I think on our first podcast, we saw them fight. We didn't know it was you know how they they would go on and become who they are. But we saw them fight in the World Boxing Super Series back in the day. Yeah. Um. So they've already had it. There's a little bit of history there as well. So they've had that had that um fight before. But the main bit of news about this is the fact that the WBO have sanctioned or will be sanctioning. I don't think it's set in stone yet, but they will sanction this fight so that Joshua can fight Fury for the heavyweight title without having to give it up. Because Usyk was the man. Yeah, I think, that,
1: I think the alphabet lords are realising that, you know, they're not very relevant anymore. So goes on to my next uh, story. So Mayweather's been immortalised. His face has been added to the WBC belt. Again, I think it's just uh, boxing bodies trying to stay relevant and be in the news Hey, not much more to say on that, is there? He is one of the greats, Mayflower. Yeah,
0: yeah, Mayflower does does belong on those belts somewhere. But yeah, it's just tiring, isn't it? Talking about these um, boxing, sanctioning bodies, trying to get involved, trying to take money from the sport, trying to control the sport. It's just a bit boring. But I mean, there is some prestige that goes along with the belt. Having a picture on your belt, you know, there is, yeah, I guess it's uh, well-deserved.
1: Heritage and finally, uh, AJ Fury. Nothing's happened,
0: yeah. A bit weird, isn't it? This week there's been no chat,
1: none whatsoever.
0: Been a bit of a slow two weeks now, no chat,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good thing that we're filling it with great boxing content, isn't it?
0: exactly so on that note stay tuned we'll be back um maybe uh, next week around the same time next week with some more spotlights probably um hussein will be in the camp with uh gathering some news deep in enemy territory trying to find out all these yeah. tidbits for you um, from my sources
1: yeah. who will remain unnamed <laughs> yeah. you.
0: and like my explore page on instagram yeah we need to we need to get better at the I gram we need to stop posting a little bit more don't we
1: yeah but we're boxing purists yeah no, we're not very good at instagram
0: <laughs> exactly it's all about the boxing we do we let the fist talk not the thumbs that's the <laughs> that's the
1: one we're too old for the snow we're too old for the gram
0: <laughs> right that's us done thank you and see you next week cheers